Hey, hey, hey. Um, it's Lauren. I'm back. This is episode nine, and the episode is called I'm Back because I think it's been over six weeks since I posted the episode. Um, it was like a lot of different things happening, and I was just like, this is not really what I want to do at the moment. So let me just give myself some time and space before I come back for like, I guess, the second half. Um, since I've been gone, I just can't sleep at night. Okay, no. But since I've been gone, a lot of things has happened. You know, I started back at work physically, and you know that is the ghetto. Um, I started working out. Um, spring break took place, and that was a joke. You know, my taxes have been delayed for over 70 days. Um, America is the ghetto also. Um, so those are a lot of things that have been happening. But I think the first thing that I want to talk about is going back to work. So, um, as you know, I work in education. I'm a dean. I don't teach anymore, but I often miss teaching. Um, and what I realized is that going back to work is a very interesting space. So I started a job in the middle of the pandemic. So I have never met any of these people in person. So yeah, this is now my first time meeting people in person. And what I realized is that Zoom really doesn't do people justice. And what I mean by that, sometimes Zoom makes you look bigger. Sometimes Zoom makes you look better. And what I've also realized about the coronavirus is that a lot of people should really incorporate keeping these masks on. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, people's mouths don't really always fit with their face. I realize that a lot of people look beautiful from the eyes and the head. But once you take the mask off, that's something different. But I'm off topic. Um, going back to work has been very interesting. I think some of the highs is that I'm able to get my 10,000 steps in every day. I think it's also, like, people interaction. Because, you know, when you're working from home, the only time you interact with people are, like, the people that live with you or when you're having, like, virtual meetings. And that's not really interaction. I think another thing, um, another possible high um, is, like, getting to know people due to me starting in the middle of the pandemic. You know, I don't really know these people, so I'm getting to know personalities and what really works and getting to know more things about people so you get to understand why they are the way they are but yeah and what i can say is by coming back in person people are weird weird as fuck and what i mean by that is just like <laughs> the things that bother people or the reason people act certain ways it's not up for me to debate or ask or question but i just feel like people are weird and you just not my cup of tea i won't be around you but people are just weird that's all i can say it's no bad blood. You're just not my blood. So, yeah. Um, I think a low for me is that I've realized that I no longer desire coming into any physical space five days a week for eight hours a day. I don't think it's necessary anymore. I really don't. Even in the field of education, I don't think it's necessary. And although I know nothing's going to change, especially in education, it's going to go back to normal, I'm just like, nah, I don't really think this is what I want to do. Now, I do enjoy my job, and it has nothing to do with my actual workplace. It's just like, as a human, I need some days to work home, maybe two days a week where I can work from home, but I don't think five days a week is necessary anymore. I don't know what career I should be able to look into, but yeah, I need to start exploring options because I can't do... I can't do the five days a week. It, it, mm, it just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit well with my spirit. 
y'all gonna hear me using this phrase a lot, but it's the ghetto. The idea of having to come into a workspace at around 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning and not leave to 4 and sometimes leaving after 4 because you can't get done everything you need to get done within a workday. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The idea of being around this many people again, no. Um, the idea of having to make sure that you don't get sick because other people are sick, ask yourself, how often have you been sick this year? And the chances are you haven't been sick much because you haven't been around people. Yeah, mm-mm, I don't know. I would love to look at an educational institution that is now thinking of offering options for virtual, like consistently, but you know, the way education is set up and the money, how government gives money, I don't think that's gonna happen, but you know, I think it's an option. It's offered in college. I don't know why I can't be offered in high school. But yeah, I think a lesson that I've learned coming back to work is that I think people want titles because it's a confidence booster, but the idea of work is a confidence bruiser. And sometimes I even catch myself like getting a new job and then going after another title because like that's the next thing on the ladder. But what I can say is that some people do that and then they get the job and when it's time to do the work, they realize that they don't have the skill set to do it and they don't know what to do. I think a lot of people want the titles without actually doing the work. Just like, oh yeah, I want to say that I did this, but I, you know, I don't actually want to do what it takes to sustain it. So yeah. I'm back at work. It's an interesting space. Most likely I'll be here until the end of June. But yeah, I'm interested to see what things are gonna look like in August because I think people are really gonna be outside this summer and that might really play a role in how the school year looks in August. But who knows? On to the next thing. Um, You know, these episodes are pre-recorded, but I decided that I need to come back to talk about this because it's been all over social media and everybody else has an opinion, so I guess I can have my own. So as you know, Portia Williams from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I used to love that show, but I don't really watch it anymore. She's now engaged to this man named Simon, who was married to another um, Real Housewives of Atlanta cast member, Fallon, maybe last season. Supposedly, they got divorced in January. Portia said that she's only been with Simon for a month, and they're already engaged. And what can I say? I think Portia is a joke. And not even because this man was just with a woman five months ago. I think she's just desperate for some form of love. Because as few episodes I did watch this season or last season, she was just crying over the baby daddy, Dennis. So I guess that love ran dry and then you just jumped in something new. But I think the reason Portia really loves this man is because I think he's worth 40 or $400 million. And I guess, you know, money <laughs> can make you love anybody. It was this meme on social media um, that showed uh, Simon in his regular face and then like his income and then how he started looking like Morris Chestnut because Simon is not um, very good looking. He gives me very much so African man vibes, like older African man vibes, very much so dictator. I tell women what to do, but you know, that's just from pictures. I could be wrong. I just think Portia is desperate for love and she'll do anything for it. Um, I can just imagine that all next season is going to be about the conflict and people's thoughts about this. So I just, I don't know if it's real or it's a promotion, but it's just awkward to me. I don't necessarily think Fallon is her friend. I think like they were on a show together, so they set it up where that's her friend. But I do find it very interesting how, you know, someone can be divorced five months ago and then just be jumping into a new engagement. It's just very weird to me. I think everyone else processes emotions differently, but to me, it would be a little suspect to me that a man would want to 
propose to me within a month unless he was already cheating with me when he was still with his wife or even going through his divorce. I don't know. And this man has lots of kids. It's just interesting. But I guess that if you're going to hop around, you might as well hop around to dicks with money, you know. So I don't blame her. I hope she is happy. Um, she seems to be really sad uh, on the show when it comes to men. So maybe this might be the one for her. I also think sometimes it's just interesting to me that everything is brought to social media. I think it would have been okay if she would have left this to herself for a while. But the reason I think she's sad is that she brought us to social media because she needs this type of attention. It's just very weird to me. Ugh, it's just very weird to me. I don't, I don't, mm-mm. I don't really understand it. I don't, I don't know why she felt this was the best move. Maybe they actually are in love. Hopefully it does work. But to me, Lauren Lee, I wouldn't be looking at a man that was just divorced five um, months ago. And once upon a time, I dated a man that said he was divorced, and he actually wasn't divorced. He had a whole wife. And what I be want to say to people is that niggas be lying. Niggas be using females. Um, and one thing about Portia, hopefully you're not being used. And if you are being used, make sure that you get all the benefits from it so you can say that you reap something from this fucked up situation. Next on the topic, um, I have been working out since April. I started this like mood challenge with um, this girl I follow on Instagram called Carolyn Gray. So the idea is that you're supposed to move every day. Um, I guess for about 30 minutes, movement could be anything from like walking, running, a workout class or anything like that. Um, but I've been doing that since April 4th. Um, I only had a few days off when I wasn't really feeling well. So maybe two to three days when I wasn't feeling well. But I do that every day. And it's somewhat become a routine, meaning that like when I don't do it, I feel off or I feel bad. So I try to do 30 minutes of working out every day. Um, I do like this um, hit walk on YouTube. I also have Apple Fitness, so sometimes I do like the dance video or the core workouts. And it's something that's manageable to me. I don't necessarily like physically going to the gym because I don't like running on the treadmill and the rest of the things in the gym, I just don't really know what to do. And I don't have a trainer and I don't really want to pay a trainer. So I just do what is within my control. Um, and what I can say is that I'm not necessarily working out anymore for a diet or for a short period of time or to get immediate weight loss. I think it's more so of like a lifestyle change. So I love food. And when I say love food, I mean, like, love food. I'm a foodie. <laughs> you know, I like things fried. I like things dipped. Um, I like things seasoned. And what I can say is that the first two to three weeks of the workout when I was working out and sticking to a meal plan that was very strict, um, that was very much so vegetables, sm small amount of carbs, high protein, I lost between six to eight pounds. Um, and now that I've gotten into the place where I'm going to incorporate foods I like a little more, I'm losing maybe one pound, two pounds every two weeks, so it's not as quick, but what I can say is it's sustainable. Eating like how I was the first two to three weeks, I don't think that's necessarily a lifestyle change. I think it's like a small change for an immediate goal, and what I'm trying to do is just consistently work out over time, so I had to adjust it to something that was sustainable. And by doing that, you know, I don't necessarily 
splurge or you know go too deep out like eating cold stone pizza chicken all in one day I don't do that I haven't had a cold stone in god knows how long I'm saving that for my birthday but what I do is I, I try to eat things that I like but I match those things with working out so if I know I'm going to have a heavy meal that day like fried chicken or something heavy like mac and cheese I'll make sure that instead of doing 30 minutes of working out I might do 50 or 60 minutes um and that's how I just swap it out um what I can also say is that moving at least 30 minutes a day has shown me like different um results outside of weight loss like um I'm able to walk the steps more I'm also able to see changes in my body outside of just physical pounds inches things looking smaller um I'm able to strengthen myself um and it's just some some way where I'm able to hold myself accountable and I feel like I'm in some form of slavery trying to do something that I don't want to do every day um, but I think that's what I've switched it from. I've switched it from the idea of losing weight and doing diets to more form to now more of a form of self-care. And it's just more manageable. And I look at it as like if I'm doing something for everybody else all day, the least I can do is 30 minutes for myself. I also sometimes like working out alone because it gives me some time to myself with having kids. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think I can continue over a while and I'm 29 years old, and I have never consistently worked out more than 30 days ever in my life. Mind you, I've had trainers, um, multiple trainers, and paid big bucks for them. I've also had, like, situations where, like, I've done things with groups, and I've just fallen off from it. So this is the first time in my life where I've been consistent with something, and I think the reason I have been consistent is because it's manageable. And I know why I'm doing it and what I'm doing it for. So once I shift my thinking from like, oh, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds within 30 days to more so I'm trying to become healthier. I'm trying to feel better about myself, more confident about myself. Um, it's been something that I actually enjoy doing because um, what I have really pushed myself is to realize is that I didn't necessarily gain weight from being pregnant. I gained weight from being in a pandemic so everyone got in the pandemic in March I was in a pandemic in February and I didn't leave the house really for anything nor did I really like have to work out um so yeah that's what happened and now I'm just pushing myself to change my whole lifestyle and do something for me moving forward all right since we're talking about health maybe I should talk about my vaccination experience um, the COVID vaccination. So yeah, let's get into it. I took my first shot in like early April. And then I waited about 21 days to take my se second shot. So I took Moderna. Um, my first shot, I didn't have any side effects other than like my arm hurting. Um, yeah, I didn't, excuse me, I didn't really have any side effects. I think um, yeah, my arm hurt for about a week or so, and it was like on and off pain, not consistent pain. Um, it was sometimes like how I moved my arm or if I was working out, you know, I might have done something too much and then my arm started hurting. But um, my second shot, yeah, um, they say that if you're taking Moderna, um, you should stack up on your fluids before taking the second shot, and I really didn't do that. So what happened is that the first 12 hours of me taking my shot, I had no side effects, none whatsoever. Um, but once that 12th hour hit, um, I began to get like a fever, like extremely hot, very fatigued, 
um, didn't really have energy to do much. And what I can tell you, I had a thirst like no other, like beyond thirsty. Like I could have drank a whole gallon of water and still had been thirsty. Um, it wasn't like an extreme pain. For the most part, I just went to sleep. Um, I also just, you know, kept waking up because I had to drink water because I was thirsty, but I also had to use the bathroom because maybe I was drinking too much water. Um, what I can say is about eight hours of that, I then went into like a free space where I wasn't really feeling anything other than fatigue, and then the chills started. So I was extremely cold. So what I can say is that for around 24 hours, it just wasn't desirable. Um, it wasn't a pain where it was like body, like like a, a injury. It was just like between the fever and the chills, it was just like I was just hella fatigued. Um, and that's what it was. It wasn't pain. It was just fatigue and tiredness um, and thirstiness. Uh, what I can say is that the most interesting thing is that my cycle was maybe three days after I took the um, vaccination. And what I can say is that this cycle was very different from my previous cycles. So like, so um, unlike my regular cycles, I don't usually have a lot of cramping, but my first day, it felt like someone was like ripping out of my uterus. Um, and I'm a mother of two, both vaginal. Um, Nuri was born with no medica no medication. Um, I didn't even really know I was in labor, so that gives you some type of context. It really felt like someone was putting their hand inside of me and like ripping it out. It was just, it was beyond terrible. And that was like for the first day. Um, the second day I had a little heavier flow. And then maybe like the third and fourth day, I had no um, symptoms and no flow. And then the fifth day, the flow came back. And then the sixth day, the flow was there. But usually my period doesn't last longer than four to five days. So that was very different. But I remember um, very much so the pain that I felt on the first day. And then I looked it up on the internet. And they said a lot of women were saying that after they had the vaccination, you know, their period was different. So that was a side effect. Um, what I can say is that I don't regret taking the vaccination. Um, initially, I was a little suspect due to like the history of vaccinations, especially with the history of vaccinations when it comes to like black people. Um, but I don't regret taking it. Um, one reason I don't regret taking it is because I'm now at work every day. And, you know, students aren't required to take it. So I want some form of protection outside of this mask. Um, another thing is that I really want to be outside this summer. I'm really tired of being in the house. I'm really tired of not being able to move or being scared that every time I sneeze that I have COVID. Now, the vaccination doesn't eliminate your chances of having COVID, but it's still a form of safety. I think what has been really annoying to me um, is the process of, like, people... Anytime someone dies, they associate it to COVID. Like, so if someone got the COVID vaccination and then they die, it's like, oh, I told you all not to get it. And I'm just like, you can have other pre-existing conditions despite the COVID vaccination that still leads to death. Also, death is by far the only thing promised in life. So us associating all death with COVID is just dumb as fuck. Um, I think what I've also realized during this time is that people are really dumb. 
Because if you have taken any form of vaccination before, the same side effects that you have with COVID are sometimes the same symptoms that you have with any vaccination. So if you take like a flu shot, most likely you'll have chills or you'll be fatigued after the shot. And the reason why is because it's a very big dosage of medicine being put into your body at one time and then your body has to react to it. Now, I'm no doctor and I'm not pushing for anyone to take the vaccination. I think you do what's best for you, just like I did what was best for me. But I do push for the idiotics people that don't believe in the vaccination just to keep your mouth shut. Because what can happen is that people are really influenced by social media and we have all of these non-medical professionals, people that are not even professionals in general, giving opinions about things that they don't even have concrete evidence about. And all they're doing is reading things off the internet. I shared my experience here so people can know from someone that took the shot. But yeah, I would do it again um, because I want some form of protection for myself as someone that is in the workplace. I also want a form of protection for myself as someone that is like going out in the world and wants to travel. I've never had like a flu shot um, more than once, I believe. So it's a situation where it's just like, yeah, I'm not trying to say that if there's another dosage, I'm going to be like, oh, let me take this dosage every year. But what I'm trying to do is that a lot of people have died from COVID. There's a, still a lot of things unknown for from, about it. And so I just decided to take um, my vaccination. What I can say is that people that took Johnson & Johnson, I know someone, they felt their side effects immediately because it's not two shots. I've also heard people that took Pfizer, the second shot doesn't have as much of an impact as like the Moderna. So... Most people that I work with have said that if they could, they would take Pfizer because the side effects weren't that um, serious. Um, but the Moderna, those were my symptoms. And most people I know that took Moderna had the same symptoms. And it only lasts for about 24 hours. Um, yeah, because after that, I just, I didn't feel like my energy was fully restored after 24 hours. I still felt a little tired. But other than that, that's all I felt. Um, so yeah, that's what it's been. Um, I would do it again. Um, it's up to you to do it. But what I would say is that if you have no me medical context or no um, education to even be giving your opinion about something when you're telling people not to do it, I would just say keep your mouth shut. Do what's best for you. I'm not promoting anyone to do anything. But what I am is doing what's best for me. And being best for me is sometimes just even being silent. That could be an episode right there. Adults sometimes don't know how to be silent. If you don't want to take the vaccination, that is fine. But then pushing for other people to take, not take the vaccination, I think that's problematic. I'm sorry. I do. And I think it's also dumb as fuck. I do. I do. Because in my mind, I low-key be thinking that, like, it's hella other things that are way more detrimental to your body than a vaccination. But we don't want to talk about those things. So let's move along. Let's say the state of America or maybe the black America. So a few weeks ago, um, we saw that Derek Chauvin, is that his name? Chauvin, Chauvin, whatever, was some white man with a damn gun that's an officer. He got his verdict and he was found guilty on all charges. And his face was one of confusion. And let me tell you why his face was confused. Because he's a white man, a white man with a badge that bleeds blue. So of course he felt that he wouldn't be held accountable. But in some way, some form, he has been held accountable. I have different beliefs on what accountability looks like because I don't really know how sending him to prison is going to bring George Floyd back, but whatever. Um, he was just really shocked. And I think people were excited. They felt like relieved, like, okay, someone is finally being held accountable. And I just didn't really feel any joy. I didn't feel any joy at all because I was just like, at the end of the day, accountability is for the living. It's not for the dead. 
um, because the dad can't do anything with that form of accountability. I think accountability would be George Floyd still being alive. I think accountability would be that little girl still having her father or that family still having their family member. Um, so like him going to jail is good and dandy, but it's not going to change anything for me. I think America is still like a fucked up place where, you know, we're able to do these things to people and then just by happenstance, someone is held accountable for it. And he literally looked confused. I'm also very much so interested in the actual verdict of like what charges is he going to get? How much time is those charges going to be given? Because he can be found guilty of all of this and still only be in jail for five or 10 years, depending on the judge. So it's just like, yeah, we're excited, but oh, the fuck well. And quickly life told us that we shouldn't be excited because then Micaiah Bryant was killed. And what I can say is that anyone that's listening, if I'm ever having an issue or I need help, help me before you call the police. And what I mean by that is that the police for Lauren Lee should be the last resort. Because what can happen is that you call someone to help you and then you end up fucked up. This is the example of that. A young girl is in a fucked up living situation in foster care. Most likely, most foster care parents are just doing stuff to get money. She's in a fucked up situation and then she ends up dead because she's trying to fight for her life against adults. And then a police officer comes asking little to no questions and just starts shooting. And I can only imagine at 15, 16, where I am developmentally, where I am mentally, to think, oh, yes, these people can help me. Or, yes, I need to fight for myself because no one else is defending me. So I fight for myself. I'm fighting against two grown women that the person that's supposed to be protecting me has brought into the house. And then I end up dead. I think the foster mother, I think Micaiah's father, I think the two women that were fighting her, all of them should go to jail because they're all responsible for her death. Because what I don't understand is, like, why it was so many adults watching this happening and no one jumping in. What makes you think that a 15-year-old girl should have to fight grown women? What makes you think that this line of thinking is rational? I hope guilt eats them alive. Because it's just like there could have been multiple solutions to this. And the solution that happened did not have to be if, like, people just stepped in and did what they needed to do. Like, and what I also don't like about media is due to the young lady's size, they're trying to make her seem like she's an adult. And that's another thing that people need to talk about. Black girls are over-sexualized and over-matured faster than any other girl in the world. It's like from the age of six. Once they turn six, they're seen as like 10. It's been like a whole study on this where like you can put a white girl and a black girl together and they could be the same age, but the black girl will always be seen older. And I'm just like, I don't get it. It's like you can't even be fully developed as a teenager without being seen as an adult when you're trying to defend yourself against adults. You can't even call for police help without a police officer coming to the scene feeling trigger happy and start shooting up people with little to no questions. I just don't get it. And I, I, I sometimes be thinking like, I don't know why black people haven't decided to like start an uproar. I just don't get it because it's just like after all that we've been through, this is like by far the most reasonable thing to do because how many more people are going to have to die? How many souls are going to have to be lost for these white motherfuckers to realize that this is not what you should do to a group of people? Because I promise you if it was a white girl that was 15 that was fighting against a group of adults and a black police officer came and shot her up, they would have hung his ass the same day. 
but that's not happening for this man. And I think Micaiah sat with me even more because at 15 and 16, I can say at 15 years old, thinking about school, that was like one of the toughest spaces. At 15, I was like suspended for over 20 days for something as simple as like a fight. It was a situation where like I was defending myself. No one took that into consideration because I was seen as a troublemaker and I was suspended for over 20 days. And I could only think about Micaiah and her line of rationale of like, oh, I need to defend myself. And instead of suspension, she got killed. It's just fucked up. It's no way around it for me to be like, oh, America doesn't give a fuck about black people. And on that subject, Kamala Harris saying that America isn't a racist country, suck a dick. And I think we voted for you, honey, because you were black. And that's why you got our vote. You didn't get our vote as president. We, you got your vote because Biden knew that he needed something special on his ticket, which was a black woman, and that was going to get us to vote. And yes, we voted for you out of, like, no other option because we didn't want Trump. We were desperate. We voted for you out of desperation. But don't ever think that we don't see you. And what I can say is that I understand as a vice president, you can't get online and say that America is a racist country because then that makes us look like a bigger joke to other countries. But as a responsibility to people that look like you, you need to think about what you can say to make it seem, to make it reality that America is racist. America was built on racism. America was built on taking advantage of the disadvantage. So Kamala, like, I don't know which world you're living in, honey, but it's a very racist place. Because it's also racist that because almost a few weeks ago or two months ago, someone was trying to break into your home and kill your ass. Do you think they were trying to kill you just because you're vice president? No, they were trying to kill you because you're fucking black. I don't know if your white husband has made you believe that you're more white, but honey, they were trying to kill you because you're black. So get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Another thing that has really been pissing me off about America is these delayed taxes. So me personally, I filed my taxes in February, and let's just say um, as this week of May 11th, May 12th, I have yet to receive my taxes. It's still saying that it's being processed, and I think uh, Friday will make it like almost 77 or 80 days that I haven't received my taxes. And when you look online, all they tell you is that it's still being processed. You can't call anybody because the IRS has no one to answer the phones. It's also a situation where, like, when you read articles, everyone's talking about how the IRS is underemployed or printers don't have ink. And I'm just like, this is fucked up. And the reason why I say it's fucked up is because I personally only need my taxes for, like, fun things, you know? Um, Because for the most part, I'm able to take care of all of my bills on my regular income. But I think about the people that really needed the money for something important to cover rent, to get caught up on bills that they weren't able to pay during the pandemic. And for you to make America wait so long to pay for something, I mean, to get their money, it's just piss poor. I just be thinking about America in so many ways of like, it's just being a really ghetto place to live, a really ghetto place to be. It's just, it's just, it's it's just terrible. I'm sorry. America, you know, the land of the free, this is where people are trying to come, and I I still can't understand why. I don't understand why anyone's trying to come here. On a lighter note, I wanted to talk about, like, some things that we have been watching on TV. So we cannot talk about what we've been watching without talking about the very much so desired SWV Sisters with Voices versus Escape. So before we start, I think we should know that my vote automatically was for Sisters with Voices. 
The reason why is I think collectively they sound great. They blend well and they harmonize. I love them dearly um, because at 12, 13 years old, I was singing weak like I had an idea as to why I should be weak. And I think every other black girl was doing the same. Now, I love Escape. I really do, and I think they just kick it. They be having it. But what I don't like about Escape when they be performing, it just seems like they're always trying to outsing each other. It also seems like they don't really like each other. I'm sorry. It's just It just seems like something's not right with them, and I just be noticing it. And I really noticed it when I was watching um, the verses. What I can say about Escape is that, one, I think Tiny's on drugs. I don't know if these are the drugs that she gave to the people that her and T.I. obviously raped or drugged, but Tiny is on drugs. Either she was high or she was on something. I just don't understand it. Her refusing to stand up, her looking not engaged, her always looking at her phone. Something about her, for me, just screams drugs. It's also what gets me about Tiny is I decided to look at pictures of her back in the day, and I don't understand why the hell she did what she did to her face. I look at her face and during the verses, and I was like, can it move? It's just so much work. And I was like, you weren't even ugly before. So I don't even know why you felt that this was appropriate to do. It just doesn't, mm -mm, it doesn't sit well with me. I'm just like, ugh, you're terrible. Also, the oldest Scott sister, she just looked like she's there for business. Like, she's just like, I'm here and I'm ready to go. But what I don't also like about her is that they never match her makeup on her face with her hands. It just bothers me. Maybe she has a condition. I don't know. But it just it just never matches. But she looks snatched. She's not the big sister anymore. She's the big sister by age, but not weight. She looks really good. Candy, I don't really like Candy's singing voice, um, but I think Candy is very business-minded, so that's some, someone that they need. The youngest Scott sister, she looked like she was there to have a really good time, and I think her energy was the best out of the escape compared to the other people. She just looked like she was really having a good time. She does. She looked like she really wanted to have a good time. But yeah, it's just the whole vibe of the whole versus was off the first half I was like they can't hear each other they don't seem like they like each other something's just not mixing for me now let's talk about SWV um Coco she looked good but I feel as though the first half of it she was beyond uncomfortable whatever she was wearing was too tight and she couldn't move and she couldn't breathe also those um Louboutins that she had on those uh, red bottoms they were not comfortable for her I don't know this is what I don't get about women honey the the stage of sneakers have really taken off you don't have to be uncomfortable just wear something that you're comfortable in that's why she switched to those ones in the second half um Taj let me tell you I love some cut up shorts I really do, but I don't think that was the outfit for that day. I don't know what you were coming for, but I don't think that was the outfit for that day. Also, Taj has really aged well. You can tell that she's in the gym with her husband um, every day. She just has aged well, and she looks very physically active. Um, the other sister, I can't even think of her name. Um, maybe I should look that up. But, yeah, she looks like, like she's the old soul. Like, she doesn't really go out much. She looks like she was just there for the... Um, for the uh for the show uh she's also the one what's her name lily she um lily looks like she's very much an old soul lily also looked like uh she don't get out much because she didn't even know how to pronounce the rock so yeah she's in her retirement phase of life but i also didn't know that lily could sing that well but she could really sing um some of the swv songs i had never heard in my life um what i can say is that they use their features when it was like maybe one of them and i get that just to you know, form competition. 
so did Escape because, you know, Candy and Tiny are the writers of the group, so they wrote for different people, so they played some Destiny Child, and I didn't think that was really fair, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, that just, you know. But, like, it just didn't seem like a great show until the end. But what I can say is that SWV, when they sung a uh, week at the end, I was like, oh, just cut it off because that right there let me know why they, they're, the, they're the best group. They sounded beautiful beautiful and then when they actually start standing up and performing I was like okay this is what we need I ultimately feel like versus hasn't been great for me other than maybe like Patty and I'm Gladys because the energy just seemed right it just seems like for me sometimes that the energy doesn't be right or maybe Snoop Dogg and DMX the energy was right I think it started off as one thing but these groups really just don't I don't know I was like do they have an issue with each other do I not know because even at the end, Tiny was like, deuces. She didn't even say and hug the people. I was like, oh, something's wrong with her. Um, the youngest Scott sister, like, she was very much so, like, going to the other side of the stage, trying to, like, dance with SWV. And I felt like she had good spirits. I think Candy and the older Scott sister was really annoyed with Tiny. I just think she's on drugs. I'm sorry. She's on something. She has to be. I just, it doesn't sit well with me how she was acting. It was just off. Um, even when they started singing, they were up performing and Tiny was sitting down. And I was like, if your feet hurt, just take the shoes off. Or is it too much balancing that big ass on those small toothpick legs? Like, I just don't get it. It was just a terrible experience. I think ultimately we desired for it to be something similar to how we desired Monica and Brandy, but we just didn't get what we expected. It just wasn't good. It, it, it just wasn't good. Um, but I think my group won. SWV won. The rest of them escape. I'm just like, I think they have some issues within each other that they need to really figure out. Other than um, Versus, I've been watching like three shows consistently. So if you have HBO, you should really be watching City on the Hill. City on the Hill is based on like Boston cops and FBI, like corruption in like the 80s. Um, and it's just really good. Um, so it has a black lead, a car seat, and then like a white lead, um, which is uh, uh, Roar, um, uh, Jackie Roar. And it's just really good. I watched season one within like a few days. It's like 10, 11 episodes. Season two is almost over. It only has like one more episode. And it's just, it's really good. The first season was dealing with like these men that were like robbing banks and they got caught because the brother snitched. Um, and now the second season is dealing with like these, um, this black family that's drug dealers in like the projects of Boston and the mother is like the head person of the Boston project. So like she's like the chief or whatever. She handles the rent payments, the upkeep of the projects and she supposedly has no idea what her sons are doing. It's so good. Um, the Corsi is a really good actor. He has a black wife that's a lawyer too. Her mother is a lawyer. The Corsi and his wife seems to be going like against each other because the Corsi is like defending the state um, with the city of Boston. And then his wife is defending the person um, that has necessarily broken the law. It's just so interesting. It, it escalates very quickly. I don't really wanna tell what happened, but if you have some time, please watch City on the Hill, season one and two. If you like it, hit me up to let me know how you like it. Another new show that's a short series on HBO, I think HBO has really been killing these short series, is Mayor of Easttown. 
Mayor is like a white woman. Um, she's a detective uh, for like the police force in East Town. And what has happened is that like there's three murders of women or missing women within the town. Um, one woman ended up dying at the first episode. She's just a mother also, and she ends up dying. But the show really goes too deep into, like, Mare's personal life. Mare has a son that killed himself by suicide, and Mare is taking care of the grandson because the grandchild's mother is, like, addicted to drugs or hallucinates. Um, Mare also has, like, a gay daughter um that openly has like people over to the house and like she seems very acceptable of it mayor's ex-husband lives like the house behind her house with his new fiance it's just very interesting um mayor is also like dating this new man who i think is like the killer of these girls or the kidnapper of these girls i think he's trying to write a new book but it's really good i think you should watch that another show i think you should watch is on epix i watch it on um what is it called? Amazon Prime? Godfather of Harlem. I started watching Godfather of Harlem last year and was really into it. I didn't think it was going to come back so quick for season two. But what happened, it, it focuses on like um, like true characters from Harlem. I think his name is Bounty. Bunky. Um, and he's like a drug dealer of like cocaine um, in Harlem. And he's going up against the mob because supposedly the mob is, like, lying on him for killing somebody that he ended up didn't killing. So Bumpy is, like, the drug dealer of Harlem, a black man. He's going up against Vincent, um, who actually killed one of the mob members' son, but he blamed it on Bumpy, and they believe that it's Bumpy because Bumpy's the only black man. So season two starts off of, like, Bumpy hiding, so he doesn't get killed, and he ends up getting the cocaine, and they need it from him so they can sell it. So it just goes through that whole situation. In this show, also, we have, like, Malcolm X. Um, so we talk about how he has been kicked out of... Um, Islam and now he's trying to re-enter in and most likely he's going to die this season because it begins to talk about how like the corruption of like trying to make him a bad person begins to happen so yeah I think you should watch Godfather Harlem the first season is really good Bumpy is really that nigga he takes care of his people his wife his daughter was like a crackhead now she's like in Islam really taking care of herself she's ultimately the reason that Bumpy's alive because they almost killed his ass until she showed up and like killed the person um, so yeah, it's really good. I like it. Um, the first season is really good. The second season only has about three episodes. So if you have Amazon Prime or Epix, please watch it. I suggest it. Um, so yeah, I think that's good TV. Another thing that I really watch on TV is like The Resident and 911. Um, so 911 is based in LA and um, Texas. Um, so I think those are good shows. The Resident has really been good. I've also been watching Law and Order SVU and also Law and Order like organized crime. I, I think um, it's his name, Vincent. I think he has like in real life been sick or something because his hair is really thin, like really thin, like he had cancer or something. So I wonder if he was sick in real life. That's why he had to leave SVU. But that's what I've been watching on TV. I'm going to be coming back with consistent episodes every two weeks, you guys. Also, birthday is coming up. Lauren is leaving the 20s. I'm about to be 30. I'm really excited. It's not like a sad thing. My 20s have treated me well, and I heard that your 30s are just like your 20s with more money. So I'm down for it. So, yeah. 
um, I'm back. So keep listening, repost, share. Um, also, if you can, I think you should be um, not only following Run That Ish Back um, Instagram page, but you should also be following my personal page, L First and Last, because I think I'm going to start shifting everything there since I have more following. So if you don't already, follow L First and Last on Instagram. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. And yeah, hope you're living well.